0: Mike Evans is the most underrated Buccaneer, according to one person. We talk about the toughest stretch the Buccaneers are going to face in 2022. And we have a voicemail from one of our listeners asking about the future of one Mr. Tom Brady. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. We thank you for making us your first listener view of the day. I am James Yarko, joined by Mr. David Harrison, and both of us cover your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I cover them for BucksNation.com. David covers them for BucksGameday.com. And of course, you could follow all the action on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. All
1: right. Thanks again, Bucks Nation, for making us your first view or your first listen of the day. Uh, the question we're answering, or we're going to attempt to answer, James, is Is Mike Evans the most underrated player on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster? And uh, this is a question posed over at PFF.com. I'm not going to say who wrote it because, honestly, we're probably about to light this thing up a little bit. Um, look, at, f- at first glance, okay, first of all, I didn't even find this article on my own. This was actually sent to me by another person who was astounded that the, that Mike Evans would be the name on this this list as being the most underrated Buccaneer uh, on the entire roster. And And the explanation on the article itself reads, quote, somehow, despite a record-setting pace of consecutive 1,000-yard seasons, to open his NFL career, Evans remains underrated when it comes to the best receivers in the game, end quote. That is it. That's the entire explanation, just in case, for why Mike Evans is the most underrated player on the Buccaneers roster. So not exactly a deep dive, right? Not exactly a treasure trove of information. Now, I responded to this by basically reporting it over at BucksGameDay.com, and then I I expanded uh, for the author and kind of dove into why Mike Evans might be considered underrated in general, and then left it kind of to the reader. And now we're going to answer this question on whether or not Evans is the most underrated member of the Buccaneers roster. And look, first and foremost, stacked roster, right? Very talented Super Bowl champions across the board. Like There's, there, there's a lot of talent on this roster. So someone who is very likely to be very talented is going to be a Super Bowl champion, but also underrated. So let's look at Mike Evans and his his resume as an underrated player, right? Uh, Seventh best wide receiver in the NFL prior to 2021, according to the player assembled NFL top 100 list. Evans broke Randy Moss's record for most consecutive thousand yard seasons to start a career back in 2020, extended it in 2021. But again, entering the season, he was the seventh rated wide receiver on that list, not only. Did Evans break Moss's record, but he also won a Super Bowl, something that Randy Moss was unable to do, even with Tom Brady as his quarterback in a record-setting season. Now, during those seasons, Moss, three times uh, first-team All-Pro roster member, five trips to the Pro Bowl in these six years that he set the original record that Mike Evans uh, defeated. Now, in Mike Evans' seasons doing so, and having broken it and extended the record, no appearances on the first-team All-Pro roster, and only four trips to the Pro Bowl, so from a historical aspect, James, I think we probably agree. Randy or Ramos, uh, Mike Evans, a little bit underrated. Now, granted, touchdown production uh, comes in there, and we all know wins and losses, and the the esteem of your team also kind of fit into that narrative, right? In a modern day look, more recent times, uh, Mike Evans could also be getting persecuted a little bit in, in reputation from a pass first culture in the NFL that was. It, that is more pass happy, even than when Moss was in Moss still benefited from 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 a heavy pass uh, culture in the NFL. But I think it's more pass heavy today. James, the the the, the 2021 top 100, how surprised would you be if I reminded you? Because I know you paid attention to it. But if I remind you, Julio Jones ranked ahead of Mike Evans on the 2021
0: top 100. That's inexcusable.
1: Yeah. Um. And now, right Jones obviously will not probably will not be on top 100. He's still a free agent, but think about this 2020 Jones came off of a 771 yard receiving season with just three touchdown catches only played in nine games in 2020. Yet the voters players still put him above Mike Evans. In fact, almost 20 spots above Mike Evans, as far as all the players are concerned, but definitely ahead of him in wide receiver. So, Julio Jones, I think maybe getting a little bit of hype love in, in some of those votes for what might have happened with the Tennessee Titans. We now know, obviously, that didn't work, and maybe a little bit of Brady effect. So I think that Mike Evans being called an underrated player that t- in today's NFL environment, I think it holds water. I think there's definitely a case to say that Mike Evans is underrated as a general player, superstar in the National Football League. But, James, the question is Is Mike Evans the most underrated Buccaneer?
0: Now, If we had had this conversation six months ago, probably would have thrown Ali Marpet into this conversation. Uh, I think Levante David has uh, some claim to this. But I'm saying Mike Evans is the most underrated Buccaneer. And not only that, but he's one of the most egregiously underrated players in the National Football League. Now, David, we're going to have a fun little exercise because Mm – a lot of people talk about how great that 2014 wide receiver draft class was, and we may yep. never see a draft class as loaded as that one. Let's let's remind some of our listeners some of the names that were drafted in that class. And, and I'm going to rattle off a couple at the very beginning, but I want you to tell me in the public eye, in the national eye, uh, outside of Buccaneers fandom, if you think this receiver gets more – accolades more accreditation more love than mike evans so not the first couple ones you got jordan matthews marquise lee kelvin benjamin sammy watkins decent wide receivers not all still in the league but how about brandon cooks do you think he gets more love than mike evans no no all right odell beckham jr yeah absolutely alan robinson no jarvis landry yes Devontae mm, Adams.
1: That's a little bit actually that's a little bit on the line. That might be a push. Depends on the, the network of people you're talking to. So I mean that, that might be a push, but I think I give the edge to Evans actually. Who was who was the, the next one?
0: Devontae Adams. Absolutely. Mike Evans leads the 2014 wide receiver draft class in yards, in touchdowns. Yeah. And he's third in receptions behind. Devonte Adams, and Jarvis Landry. Now I would say that Odell, Landry, Robinson, and Adams all get more national love, more recognition than Mike Evans does. Yeah. And I would say that Allen Robinson is probably close to Mike Evans. I would say that's kind of the push, but I think the other ones by far get more attention, more praise. Than, than Evans does, and the fact that Evans is top three in receptions and then leads in yards and touchdowns shows exactly how underrated and overlooked and underappreciated he is yeah. in the grand scope of things.
1: You know, you know, I mean, you make a very compelling point, and I mean, I came into this, Mike Evans certainly underrated from an NFL landscape, you know, no I no doubt about that. What I wanted to do with my article is kind of fill in the data that the writer of the article uh, left on off of there. Um, and I think, I think I did a good job of that. Um, I would agree. And I appreciate it. And I would throw in there, like we talk about guys like Devonte Adams, right. And, and not to take too much away from what Devonte does, you know, from an individual perspective, but Mike Evans has only had hall of fame caliber quarterback play for the last two years. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? The, the previous years were all, you know, other, other types of also runs, you know what I mean? For quarterbacks. So I mean, not to be too disrespectful to any of them, but look, personally, you know, and, and, and the stats and the, and the sexiness aren't necessarily going to back it up. I think right now today, not talking holistically from career standpoint today, I think Donovan Smith might be the most underrated Buccaneer because that man, and this is going to be, this is, you know, I like to think outside the box and wait for segment two. Cause I'm gonna think outside the box again for, for segment two, the amount of hate and and listen, we we have called for Donovan Smith's job to be in jeopardy in the past as well, like well before Tom Brady arrived. So if you're if you're joining us from the Tom Brady era, welcome to the show. We love you. Keep keep stick around. But Donovan Smith, you know, absolutely deserved some of the hatred that he. I don't want to say hatred, but some of the some of the smoke that he got from fans and media earlier in his career, right? But and, and I don't know what the stats are. I don't know what the PFF pass pass rusher. What I do know is this: that Tom Brady is one of the healthiest quarterbacks in the National Football League and one of the most enduring quarterbacks in Nashville because of himself, because of the TB12 method, all those guests, but also because of his pass protectors. And Donovan Smith is playing the left tackle position as the most important position on the offensive line because of the blind side protection. And I feel like in comparison to the heat he took as a, as a occasional more than occasional contributor to some of the struggles the Buccaneers went through early in his career, he deserves just as much, if not more praise for some of the successes they've had on the offense, I think he's come a long way. I am worried to see what happens now that LA Marpet is gone, but I think Donovan Smith, just because of, honestly, just because of where he's come from, from a reputation standpoint, might still be the most underrated Buccaneer on this roster. But you make, I mean, you make a very compelling point about Mike Evans uh, that I was not expecting, to be honest with you.
0: I still fully expect when I'm running Twitter during games for at least – 20 comments a game about how donovan smith should be (laughs) from the team because it still happens he's had it it does his last two years have been absolutely outstanding yeah and he still gets hated on more than any player on the buccaneers i mean look
1: no offensive lineman's perfect. i know tristan Worst was really really close perfect you know in his rookie season by all means but like you know what i mean that's that's very there's a reason that's so amazing um for what it's worth uh, Saints, most underrated player, DeMario Davis, Panthers, Taylor Moten, and Falcons cornerback, Casey Hayward uh, on that list for, again, That as that as PFF, you can find it. Um, Aaron Donald, most underrated Ram. We're not going to dive too much into that, but we are going to dive into a fresh box of birthday cake puffs, James, because I got mine over the weekend. I'm pretty sure you mine. got yours over the weekend. I got um, mine. I've never had anything like them before. I mentioned before, I'm really not usually a fan of birthday cake flavored items, but those were pretty stinking good and they're available right now. Can't promise you they're going to be available tomorrow. So go get them today at Built.com. If you haven't tried the puffs, I'll let you in on a little secret because that's what we do here at the Locked on Bucks podcast. We're going to let you know that a chocolate covered marshmallow, it's also a protein bar. You heard me correct. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% chocolate, but it's good for you. Make every day your birthday with Built birthday cake puffs. Bill has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake and robed it. I actually love the, the use of that word, by the way, and robed it in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles. It's 150 calories, still about half the calories of a typical candy bar, but this one packs 16 grams of protein and only nine grams of sugar in this limited time flavor. Amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety into your day. All built puffs are covered 100% real chocolate. That means that with built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Go to built.com to get birthday cake puffs now. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off of your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Thanks for making the Locked On Bugs podcast your first listen or first view every single day. James Yarko, we are about to jump into the four toughest games for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We briefly talked about this beforehand. We're going to talk about the toughest four-game stretch. So this is four games in a row that the Buccaneers face in 2022. I would like to come back Thursday and actually talk about the toughest four individual games. Don't have to be in order. Could still be in order, one or two, or even three of them if you so choose. But I'd like to come back Thursday for our Friday episode. That would be. Uh, and talk about the four individual toughest games and why we think so Now we have a little bit more juice to kind of weigh those games, I think. But first, let's talk about the, the toughest four-game stretch uh, facing the Buccaneers in 2022.
0: Yeah, this is something that I talked about on the live show um, when the schedule came out. And it was, to me, it was the first four games. Right out of the gate, you're at Dallas, at New Orleans. Then you're home against the Packers, home against the Chiefs. That is a tough way to start the season. I mean, you mentioned it on on Monday's episode that, you know, until until the Buccaneers can prove that, you know, they can that the Saints no longer have their number, that's going to be a difficult place to play. It's going to be a difficult game. It's probably going to be a game that they lose. Right. And let let's not sugarcoat it. I mean, New Orleans has been a house of horrors for the Buccaneers. You're you're at Dallas where you already have players popping off of the mouth about how they're going to beat the Buccaneers in week one this year since they didn't beat them in week one last year. Right. Green Bay is going to be tough because Green Bay is tough. And then Kansas City, you know, no, they don't have Tyreek, but they're still an explosive team. You still have Travis Kelsey. You still have Patrick Mahomes. And the kicker in all of this is, is we don't know if Chris Godwin is going to be healthy enough to play in any of these games. Yeah. So to me, right out of the gate, first four weeks, if you can come out of that two and two, you and I both predicted they came out, they they'll come out three and one. Right. But if you can come out two and two, you're sitting pretty.
1: Yeah. No, I mean look, that's a very good point. That's a very good stretch to identify as that that toughest stretch. But here's where I fall short of naming that my toughest stretch. None of those losses will matter. At the end of the day, uh, unless the Buccaneers go 0-4. Now, if the Buccaneers go 0-4, I mean, woo! this show is going to be on fire. Like, the screen might actually light a blaze if, this, if the Buccaneers go 0-4. They're not going to go 0-4. But here's the thing. The Buccaneers have beaten the Dallas Cowboys. They've lost to the New Orleans Saints four straight regular season games. And in both of those postseasons, they've made it further than the New Orleans Saints, either just period or by winning the Super Bowl. They've defeated the Green Bay Packers. They've defeated the Kansas City Chiefs. So none of those losses. If you come out three and one, two and two, one and three, zero oh and four, even zero oh and four is a little bit different. One and three is definitely going to get uh, some people riled up, but you know you can beat those teams down the road. If you face them again, you know you can beat them, or you can outlast them uh, in the New Orleans Saints case, or beat them in the postseason in the New Orleans Saints case, right? And if you look at it, your next three games: Falcons, Steelers, Panthers. You should be able to rattle off those three wins. Now, look, if you go, I mean, look, they're not going to go in seven. So, I mean, let's just, that's just ridiculous. But you got Falcons, Steelers, Panthers. So, worst case scenario, you start off 0-4. You're probably 3-4 and by the time you hit week eight uh, near the midway point of the season. And no, you're not happy, right? But you're right back in the midst of things, obviously. And one of your toughest stretches has already come. And it's early in the season. It kind of reminds me of, like, when Ohio State inevitably loses – to like North Dakota State in week two or something like that, you know what I mean? Uh, or they lose like to Miami or something, you know, something crazy in you know, like week two of the co- college football season, and then everybody gets irate. And at the end of the year, they go on this crazy winning streak and they beat like three ranked Big Ten teams and they end up in the final four. Early season losses just don't mean as much as as people would like them to. So that's why I don't look at those four games simply because of where they are. To be honest with you, my four games and you're going to freely disagree with me, which is why I disagreed with you freely week eight versus the Baltimore Ravens week nine versus the Los Angeles Rams week 10 versus the Seattle Seahawks week 12 at the Cleveland Browns. So yes, my four game stretch that I'm going to identify as the potential toughest is three home games and a bye sandwich between game three and game four, which is insane. I agree. And listen, before I solidified this, I literally sat here pre-recording. James I was like, am I really about to say this? Because that's that's not going to go over very well. Yes, I am. Listen, the Baltimore Ravens present something that the Buccaneers aren't going to see from any other team. Even Patrick Mahomes does not move as freely as Lamar Jackson does. The Los Angeles Rams not only has have the Buccaneers lost to them. They've lost to them in the preseason or the regular season and the postseason. That's going to make people nervous. The Seattle Seahawks, yes, they're the Seahawks, but it's in Germany. The Buccaneers do not have a lot of success in Germany. And then you're in Cleveland in week 12. That's the end of November. I don't care who the quarterback is for the Cleveland Browns. It is hard to play football in Cleveland at the end of November. And I look at the aesthetics of it. This is week eight through 12. And if you come out of that stretch one in three, that's a very tough stretch to go one and three in because what are the what's the outside aesthetics going to be? If you get a, a mobile quarterback, you can beat the Bucs. They can't overcome the Rams because that's going to be the the narrative. Seattle, I think that's more going to be like Drew Locke beats you, really. Like you let Drew Locke beat Tom Brady. And then Cleveland. I mean, listen, Deshaun Watson potentially is going to be in that game. If it's not, it's a very angry Baker Mayfield maybe. I don't know who else could be possibly the starting quarterback at that point. I just think that if you come out of that four-game stretch with more losses than wins or even two-and-two, two, the aesthetics of it and the feel around the franchise after that would be much worse, which is why I put more pressure on the four, which is why that's a tougher
0: stretch. I can I can kind of see that. Look, Baltimore is going to be extremely tough if i'm picking right now today in in the middle of may i think baltimore wins that division i don't think cincinnati does i think baltimore does i think they're the best team in the afc north then you know germany it's it's going to be a tough road trip regardless they have an easy opponent but it's a tough it's a tough trip and then yeah the dog pounds no joke absolutely no joke. Um, so I can I can see it. What was what was the other one bald after Baltimore? Uh,
1: it's the Seahawks in Germany. Oh, the Rams. the Rams. The
0: Rams. Okay, yeah. Rams, absolutely. You and I both have that markdown as a, as a loss. Right. The one thing that I will say that I disagree with before we before we need to move on, as far as that opening stretch versus versus your stretch in those early games not mattering. Mm-hmm. three of those games are against nfc opponents that are going to be playoff contenders yeah. whereas two of your opponents are nfc and only one is going to be a playoff contender so losses in that early stretch could bite them in the butt come seeding. yeah more so than your stretch so just yeah, to that out. i understand what you're saying that yeah you can yeah. overcome those early losses a little bit earlier but when it comes to the math those could play a big part Hundred
1: percent. I for me, it's more the aesthetics. It's more honestly, it's more the fan base. I think the fan base will lose their mind if that if this team struggles in that four game stretch more than any other four game stretch.
0: Well, that's because they're used to us talking draft by Thanksgiving, and that's right around when that Cleveland game falls. Let's go.
1: We'll still talk draft by Thanksgiving.
0: Coming up in just a minute, I'm going to give another four-game stretch that, that people should be uh, keeping their eye on. And then we have a voicemail talking about the future of one Mr. Thomas Brady. But first, this episode, of course, is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why should you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving auto parts customers online For over 20 years, and the prices are reliably low and the same for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write LOCKED ON in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Wrap things up here on a Tuesday edition of Locked On Bucks podcast. James Arco, David Harrison on Twitter at jarko underscore bucks at d harrison eighty two. The show, of course, is at Locked On Bucks. David piggybacking off of our conversation and literally piggybacking off of your four game stretch. Another four game stretch that I talked about on that uh, on that live stream reaction to the schedule release were weeks thirteen through sixteen. You're home against the New Orleans Saints. You're at the 49ers. You're home against the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Then you're back on the road Christmas Day against the Arizona Cardinals. So you have two extremely long road trips sandwiched in between an emotional uh in-division rivalry game and then against the defending AFC champs and, and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and, and all those – uh you know, all those guys. So that was that was my, like, runner-up stretch. This is not an easy schedule, no matter how you look at it. All right, so, David, we do have a voicemail that we are going to get to from, is that our good buddy, Anthony? Hey, uh, it's Anthony. I'm sorry. I'm calling him with another question. But uh, Tom's
1: deal came out in the press that he's getting 10 years, 300-something million dollars
0: a year, which, in my opinion, is back there when it should have been the number one paid quarterback throughout his tenure. But what my question is, what are the odds that we can
1: squeeze? Maybe we can get one more year at a time. If everything goes well, um, if he wins Super Bowl well and he decides to go for it for another year. What are the odds that he comes back for one more year? And then he goes into broadcasting. Um, you know, this, this guy has, has earned his money and he's taking less than everyone else. But I, Probably crazy, but I think he's got one more year in him, you know. So uh,
0: let me know what you guys think. Uh, I want to hear. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, have a good day. God bless. Bye. Anthony, thank you very much for the call. And please, never ever apologize for calling in with a question. We love to hear from you. We love to hear from all of our listeners. Please, all of you, continue to email us, call in with questions, topics, things like that, just like Anthony did. And look, Anthony, here's here's my big thing. If the Buccaneers were to come out of the NFC and go to Super Bowl 57 and they win their second Lombardi in three years, Brady's gone. He is gone, gone. You cannot script a storybook ending better than that. You know, to retire, then unretire. You have unfinished business. You have your bestie sitting there trolling the entire world for months on end about if, if he's going to play or not. And you go on, you overcome the Rams, you overcome the Saints, you overcome the Packers, then you overcome the loaded AFC. No. The Bucks win, Tom's gone. The only scenario where I could see Tom Brady saying that he has one more year in him is if things unravel Similar to how they did in 2021, where you have key players going down to injuries and you're losing this starter and you're losing that starter and he's losing his wide receivers and it's not the team that they know can compete for that championship. I could see Brady saying, I got one year left in me. You all better stay freaking healthy and help me out so that we can win a Super Bowl and I can move on to the most ridiculous contract of all time? Yeah,
1: Um, it's a great question. I'm always going to kind of lean on Tom Brady's own words where he said, I'm not going to stop until I suck. And Tom does not suck now, and I don't anticipate him. I mean... We've seen quarterbacks kind of trail off, right, James? It, it usually doesn't happen in one year, right? So, like, we might see a little decline this year. But I think by the end of this season, even if you see a little decline, it's not going to be, you know, like Peyton Manning when he got carried to the Super Bowl by the Denver Broncos defense. It's it's going to be kind of my new outside of a, a catastrophic injury, which knock on wood, obviously, hope that doesn't happen. Um, I still don't think, honestly, even if the Bucs get close again and fall short. I don't think that's enough to bring Tom back. I think that Tom is legitimately like Tom isn't even going to get defeated by father. Time. I think Tom is just like, dude, we've been, we've been going at this thing forever. It's a marathon match. Let's just call it a draw, bro. Let's just call it a draw. Mm-hmm. You go to your, you go take care of your business. Get Aaron out of here. He needs to retire. You've been, you've been distracted. You need to go get him to hang it up. I'll go over here to the booth. We'll just go our separate ways and it'll be the first draw uh, in, in father times history. It'll be amazing. However, but like, but like, I mean, look, Tom Brady said, I'm playing until I suck and he does not suck. So, I mean, those are his own words, right? From the man's mouth. So that's kind of what I lean on. If I had to be a betting man, James, the only scenario I would see Tom Brady coming back in, honestly, outside of what I just said, is to do something he has never done. Win a Super Bowl with the Jets. In order to do that he would have to either come really he would have to come really close but fall just shy of doing which unfortunately would mean the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would lose the Super Bowl. Uh so it would be similar to what you just said, right? That is cuz there's only two things in Tom Brady's career that he's never done that he has a reasonable chance to do. Um one of those things went away last year, win three Super Bowls in a row. That's off the table, right? Go undefeated the entire season. He almost did it once. Oh, that's the only thing I think that can bring Tom Brady back is going undefeated all the way to the Super Bowl and falling short. And I mean short, not 31 to 9, 31 to 28, 31 to 30. If the Buccaneers go undefeated all the way through to the Super Bowl and lose in heartbreaking fashion by by less than a touchdown in the Super Bowl, then maybe because a lot of these pieces, a lot of these players are already under contract for 2023, right? Mm -hmm. Then maybe we see Tom Brady come back to try to chase that elusive undefeated season, but that's a major undertaking, a huge task. But honestly, James, this schedule, like next year's schedule, I don't even even have the opponents pulled up in front of me. No way it's as hard as this one. No way it's as hard as this one. So if you almost get there with this roster, you might be able to get there with this schedule. You might be able to get there next season with that schedule. And if Tom Brady doesn't suck, that Anthony is the only scenario I see Tom Brady coming back in because of three Super Bowl wins. Obviously, is
0: off the table. All right, real quick, David, the the Buccaneers' twenty twenty three opponents that they, mm-hmm. they have: uh, NFC East to be determined, NFC West to be determined, AFC yeah. East to be determined. Yeah, but outside of the division. They get the Packers, the Texans, the Colts, the Vikings, the Bears, the Lions, the Jags, the Titans. Oh,
1: oh, oh man, yeah. I mean, look. I mean, look. If the Bucks, like, you lose one regular season game and you fall short, like you know what I mean. Like even I, I honestly, there, like you could do that. You could still win the Super Bowl, lose one regular season game. You lose to the Rams, and and you and you and that's the only loss you take all season, but you still win the Super Bowl. Maybe, maybe. Tom looks at Giselle and goes. But that one loss, babe, that Mm -hmm. one L, that one L look at the schedule, babe. And Giselle's just like, you know what? Go. I will be in Milan or wherever models go these days. I don't know. Um, That's honestly the only scenario Tom's got to have something to do, not just building on history, but a new
0: piece of history to claim. And, And that's, that's what I think it is. They're at the Packers, at the Texans, at the Colts, at the Vikings. That home schedule is cake. Yeah. Oh, man. Which means the tickets uh, should be
1: super cheap, right?
0: Should be. Uh. So, yeah, Tom Brady probably won't ever suck. You know who does suck? <laughs> Drew, Drew Brees commentating on nbc Uh, which is why he's not doing it anymore you think fox is a little nervous about how much money they gave tom brady knowing that breeze only did that for a year and i mean it's it's the richest
1: rookie contract i've ever seen i mean breeze was bad yeah he was real bad
0: and i know a lot of people just saw him doing the panel stuff we watch a lot of notre dame football in this house because my son's a huge fan he's so bad yeah it was bad well,
1: hopefully, uh, but he, he might come back and play, which means uh, congratulations, NFC
0: South Division champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If yeah, Drew no,
1: Brees no. is playing for the Saints again,
0: old noodle arm, can you imagine Jameis Winston being replaced by a forty-plus year old? I would walk away. I what would go. I like
1: would quit. I would just I go on strike. Him. I'm not holding the clipboard anymore. If like, look, yeah. no disrespect to Drew Brees and his Hall of Fame career, absolutely Hall of Fame career. But that dude does he, not have it anymore.
0: He and Baker Mayfield are going to start a shunned quarterbacks club. They're just going <laughs> to hang out. All right, we got to get out of here. Thanks for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen of the day. Now make Locked On NFL your second listen. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL get insights and opinions from hosts, including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, and Tony Wiggins. Plus, Local Locked On NFL host repping all 32 squads. There's no offseason for the real fans, so make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I will be back tomorrow with a solo episode. No Evan Klosky because of the scheduling of the Lightning game. Go Bolts, game one against the Panthers. I I hope Braden Point's okay. Everybody say a little prayer for him. Um, But you guys need to help me out a little bit. Send me your questions. Send me your topics. Let me know what you want to hear from me. And you can do so by sending us an email at the on Bucks at gmail.com or give us a call at 813-444-5841. Check out everything David is doing over at BucksGameday.com. Check out everything I'm doing over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at e Harrison 2 Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to one another, fire those cannons. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.